Well, welcome today. It's going to be a little different with our, our time around the word today. Did you all get a uh, packet when you came in? I like how our welcome team assembled it. It wasn't as, uh, as fancy as I had. Um, I didn't tell them to do them something as fancy as this. And I walk in, and I get all this wonderful things together, even with little pins. Did you guys get a pin also? Yeah, I mean, fancy, fancy. So we're going to be going through some of this today during our time uh, in, in God's word. But also we're going to be looking first at a passage of scripture. And it's going to be a little more interactive today. So to begin with, I want you to share with someone next to you, or if there's no one there, then just um, think about it. What is, what is a major storm in your life right now? What has what captured your attention? What is a stressful point for you? What is, what is that thing that you think about when you wake up and it, it's with you all day and then when you go to sleep, it's still in there a little bit? What's been that theme that's going through your life right now? Okay, so think of a moment. What is that storm in your life? And I want you to, if you're willing, um, just name it to the person next to you. And if it's way too personal and sensitive, you don't have to, but think about it. And if you're willing, share that with the person next to you. Okay, so Matthew 8, we get a story here of Jesus, and it begins with a storm, and I want us to um, bring our own storm into this, into this scripture. Okay, bring, bring your storm into this scripture. Imagine yourself with these disciples and what you're going through. Then he, the he being Jesus, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. But Jesus was sleeping. Whatever happened to that Psalm 121 idea that the Lord your God never sleeps nor slumbers? And yet here in the midst of this storm that is threatening them, how is your storm threatening you? Right? That's what makes it a storm is that it's something you can't fix. It's something you can't solve. It's something that, uh, that brings you anxiety and angst. Maybe this is a storm that you have even come to the Lord about and said, okay, if you, you've called, you, you said that we're supposed to pray and we're supposed to ask you questions, and we go to Jesus in that boat, and where do we find what's Jesus doing? He's sleeping. What is this about? Why in the moment when perhaps you would expect the Lord to rise up and meet you in that mess, do we come and find the one that we, are, we call Lord, the one that we said we're going to follow unconditionally? We find him sleeping in the boat. Many Christians 
or would-be Christians, maybe people in the church or people that maybe even left the church, have done so because they come to they come to find that Jesus is sleeping, and they haven't been able to uh, get that touch, that miracle. They haven't been able to see the Lord's hand in a way that's practical, and it forces them to wrestle to the point of saying, maybe, maybe Jesus is going to keep sleeping. Maybe actually this presence of God is something I cannot trust. Perhaps this whole thing is, uh, is just made up. Because we go and we pray. Because we, we, we expect that with time and being in the church that we'd find Jesus to wake. And we get there and he's sleeping. Now, in this moment, Jesus does come. And as Jesus is laying there, the, the disciples cry out to him. They says, the disciples went, woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And Jesus replied, you of little faith, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. You of little faith. The word, there's actually one word in Greek translated little faith. It's, it's, more, of a, it's more of a nickname. It's not the first time this comes up. This is uh, a go-to nickname that Jesus uses for, for humans. <laughs> he says that we're people of little faith. Now, the good news is he doesn't say, oh, you of no faith. <laughs> he says, oh, you of little faith. So he is able to name that there is faith among us. So that's, that's a good thing. But that he says it is, it is little and that because it's little, apparently it causes us to move to anxiety, to be afraid to not want to always see what's coming next. You have little faith. And he gets up and he rebukes the wind. So he gets up and he solves the riddle. He solves the problem. And so the question then comes, what should the disciples have done? What should the disciples have done? What would Jesus rather have them do? pray. Okay. But, I mean, going to Jesus and waking him up is, in a sense, praying. They went to Jesus, right? Isn't that what we teach people to do around here, is to go to Jesus? And what does Jesus say to them? <laughs> you have little faith. What is Jesus asking? What would Jesus have liked them to have done? just simply trusted that it was going to work out? That's so hard to do, right? But isn't that what we see here? So the disciples are in this boat. There is the storm. Actually, the word in the Greek is a seismos. A, a seismic event strikes the, strikes the lake. The storm is on the level of a seismic event, a quake in the life of the disciples. And it's such that they literally believe that boat is going to sink. And Jesus asks us, in the midst of that storm in our life, to trust. To trust. You don't need to go anxiously wake up Jesus. You can trust that the Lord, even when it, it's our perception that he's sleeping, 
even when it's our perception that the Lord is not living and active, we trust in the midst of the storm that he's got everything under control. In the midst of the storm you're going through right now, it's an opportunity for us to grow in our faith. And that's what, that's what Jesus is asking us to. He's asking us, he's telling us that faith is something that you cultivate. Faith is something you cultivate. And the question that we need to be constantly asking ourselves as a church is, how are you growing? How are you growing in your faith? In the, and particularly in the midst of your storms in your life, how are you growing your faith? Would you please get the smaller sheet of paper in front of you that it's, um, has four boxes on it? It says on one side, connect, and then moving to the right, you can see that it keeps getting larger and we add words. Connect then becomes connect and commit. That then becomes connect, commit, confess. That then becomes connect, commit, confess, and commission. This is one way that we as River of the Valley are, are naming the, the type of faith cultivation that we expect, that we're hoping for, and that we're planning for in each and every one of our lives. From the moment that someone begins to interact with us, whether that be in a worship service, a small group, to the October 30th event, this is the type of journey of faith growth that we are gearing for, that our ministries are serving. Now go ahead and take out the other sheet, this larger one, and this is something for you to take home today. On this front page, it gives you a, just a quick hit, a reminder of what we're doing here as a church. And the key is that in the storms of this life, that in the, in the trials, in the hardships that we're going through, we know that we were, we were designed for something actually better than what this world offers. And as Christians, our hope, our, uh, our, our largest hope would be that as Jesus comes again, all things would be made new. And in the meantime, we have God's presence, the Spirit among us, helping us enter into, into the kingdom of God even now. As such, our community is, is this epicenter of God's reconciliation, just as that seismos, just as that quake hits, <laughs> hits that lake, and then everybody was forced to reconcile what they believed in God. So here is this space where we were an epicenter of God's reconciliation so that everybody can be connecting back to their Lord and Savior, and everybody can be connecting back to one another and then to their life purposes. Now, we've, we've named a couple things that are super important to us. One of them is that we dare to pursue Jesus' vision. So in your own life, your faith growth, the way that you are, um, you will be able to manage the storms in your life in a way that, that gives God glory and also is, uh, is, is giving you life personally, is if you, in the midst of life's storms, are daring to pursue Jesus' vision. That's something that can happen in any part of your life. Whether you're six years old like Amaya, 
whether you're approaching closer to uh, 96 years old, that's something that never is, uh, is out of play. We never grow out of being able to be daring to follow Jesus' vision, to pursue his vision. And we as a community of faith need to be doing this. In fact, also, it's something you can do when life is really happy and joyful, and it's something you can do when life has you down in that valley. Secondly, we have one table. And third, we are real people towards a real faith. And you can read here about the different definitions of these things. But being real people with real faith means that we know that in the faith journey, there will be times in which you need to wrestle with your understanding of God. There'll be times when you need to wrestle with your understanding of the church. And there'll be times when you get on the other side of, of that and you've, you've found some ways to approach your questions through Scripture. The Spirit speaks to you in community and your faith develops. It's like the weightlifting part of your faith. Your spiritual muscle gets stronger as you are real with where you are at. And you're among people who are also seeking to be transparent and real in their faith. Again, then, this takes us to a, a faith journey that we expect, that we encourage, and that we celebrate, where you connect and move through that. Now, you'll see that in the past, when I've written these out, uh, I didn't include the other words. I just went straight from connect to commit to confess to commission. But the truth is you never leave this. You never leave the, the cycle. So once you connect, once you begin becoming a part of our, our worshiping community, this river of the valley church, once you connect, if you move to that step of commit, you don't stop connecting. Now you, now you are connecting all the time, just as if when you move to confess, you never stop committing to Christ. And when you do uh, find yourselves in the waters of baptism, when you have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior here among us, then, then it is a, a all-inclusive. Then it's you're connecting, committing, and regularly confessing Jesus as Lord and Savior. None of us ever leave this cycle. We've never arrived. Until Jesus comes again and we find ourselves with him in glory, we are always still growing, each one of us. And the moment that we think we have arrived is probably the most dangerous moment we find ourselves in as a Christian. If you feel like, oh, I've arrived, I've been there, I've done that, I'm no longer needing to be the commissioned Christian, that's the moment that we stop daring to pursue Jesus' vision, and we, we also, we are not tethered anymore to Jesus' plan for our life, to Jesus' mission for us and for his church. The next few pages here, you can take this home with you. They are the different ways that we understand the, the steps and the phases of your faith journey here at our church, beginning with connect. And you'll see the first page is something you would expect to hand to someone that's just connecting for the first time, lets them see what we're about. I'm sharing this with you all so that you better understand if you bring someone into our church and start to connect them as a commissioned person, that's what we're supposed to be doing, you will now better understand what, what they will experience when they come here. I need to be honest. We're supposed to be real people, right? That's one of our things here, real people. Real people. There was a time when I, 
not that I wouldn't invite someone to come to worship, but there was a time where I would have been a little more embarrassed about inviting someone to worship in our church. Just because little things here and there, we hadn't, we hadn't been elevating quality. And as we have grown in our own understanding of what we're supposed to be doing as a church, our vision has guided us to restructure, to reformat, to re-engage who we are, and take a little more interest in developing that. We've gotten to a point now where I would be excited to meet someone and talk to them about our church. And then as they came, now we also would know the type of reception they would get. We know what we would be, what they would be hearing if they came, what they would be handed if they came. And then also we would know, we would know what what type of journey over the course of maybe months or years they would go on to move to eventually confess faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And then as we all then become uh, commissioned to bring more people into that cycle of faith growth. In John, the first chapter of John, we find Jesus calling disciples and connecting them with his movement. And I, I've always enjoyed what we hear uh, Philip does when he, first, when he first commits to Jesus. So this is before, well, let's just hear what this says. This is John chapter 1, verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Andrew replied, oh, sorry, Nathanael, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Come and see, said Philip. So Philip begins to commit his life. He's done connect. He's gotten to commit. The next thing he does is he's so excited about that, that community that he's found and, and that the reconciliation that's possible in Jesus. He understands how it connects to his life and to his faith. And what's the first thing he does? He goes and calls Nathaniel and says, Nathaniel, you need to come check this out. And what is his response? A Christian church... Can anything good come out of one of those these days? What's our answer? Come and see, said Philip. Come and see. Come and see. And then as, as Nathaniel comes to Jesus, when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. So we bring people, inviting them into this experience. And you don't need to be the one that converts them. You bring them into this experience, and Jesus meets them and sees them as they come, and begins to work on them as they are part of our community of faith. The answer that we might expect a Christian church 
or a Presbyterian church or that church that looks so old there in the corner, whatever the answer might be that you would fear to hear. The only thing we need to respond is just come and see. Just check it out. We have attached those intentional relationship cards again to your packet. And, and on the back, you see it walks you through what it means to enter into that final phase of your uh, journey of connect, commit, confess, commission. And part of the commission part is that we are uh, God's representatives, God's voice, God's hands now in our world to be connecting people to what he wants and what he has designed for their life. So this card will help you for people that are in that phase to keep a list of a few names of people around you that you can be praying for and then the very practical ways to begin connecting them and to be also saying, come and see. Today what I would like us to do is being real people with real faith is take this smaller card and I want you to mark on here, I want you to put a circle around where you see yourself in your current journey of faith. Where do you see yourself in your current journey of faith? And then what you're going to do is we're going we're to turn that in as we do our offering time. Now, it's not required, this says here, if you want to put your name, that would be great because Shana, um, as director of discipleship and, and the rest of the directors here, would love to, to be able to see how your faith grows over time and then also to connect with you and, and just help you as, as you do wrestle through the steps and the growth and the joys of moving closer to the Lord amidst the storm of life. So I'm going to give us a time now. Um, if you need to, um, if you need, wait, you all have pens. They gave you pens. We're so COVID safe here. So on here, right? Connect. You're just, you've just come to our church or you've been here for a while, but you have not decided yet that I'm going to follow and obey what Jesus taught. I'm going to try that. Once you say, I'm ready to try following what Jesus taught and to obey it, if you've made that decision, now you're in, you're in the second box. You're in the connect and commit. But perhaps you haven't been baptized yet. Perhaps you haven't come to realize or haven't come to say out loud to other people, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. That's the confess step. Okay? And then there's this last part where once you've gone through the waters of baptism, you are commissioned. And that's where we... Um, sometimes fail to see the church fulfilling that last phase. We have a lot of Christians throughout the world that are in that third box and they never make it to the fourth box. They never make it to the step of being commissioned and understanding their own lives as now being the representatives of, of God in the world to, to connect them with, with his church. Okay, so it might be the case that not everyone here is even is in that fourth box either. Okay, so consider, where are you on this box? Uh, it's, it's your own idea here. There's no right or wrong. Uh, we're not going to, like, we're not going to call you and, and, and say, eh, eh, if you because we don't know either. This is your real faith being real people. Okay, so take a moment. This is for our time of offering. Uh, we also have our offering box here to, 
to uh, give to the church uh, financially, but also everybody is going to make their way to the box today because I want us to, you might have to fold it once, but put your slip, okay, into the box. Put your slip into the box after you've filled it out, circled it, adding any notes to the back of it. Let me pray for you as we do this. Father, you have called us in the midst of the storm to have faith and to know that you are good and to know that you are in control. And Lord, through our lives, there, there is so much that comes in, and it's like that, that quake, that, that, that seismic event in our life or that long storm that threatens to flood our boat and to sink it. And as a church, Lord, there are so many, there are so many pressures upon us. And so today, we, we stop and we pause, recognizing again that you are in control. Lord, you have been in control in this journey of faith that we have been going down in this church. I invite you now, Holy Spirit, to speak well to us so that we can see where we are in our journey. Lord, help us to respond now in faith. Being honest with where we are so that we can know where we go next. I ask this in your loving name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Something we'll be doing from now on in our worship services, if you need um, someone to be praying with you about anything or um, to be accompanying you in your faith journey, uh, we'll have a couple of our leaders here in the back, um, just right by the window here. And if you need any prayer, just come back there. Real faith, real people. Don't be ashamed of anything. If you need that touch of the Lord, this is, this is your space. This is your family to be able to do this in. Okay, so if you need, if you want someone to be praying with you through a storm in your life or to help you consider these next steps of faith that you are being called to take, this is your time. As we enter into this time of music, I invite you to bring your slip up to the offering box or any other financial donation and to be responding in prayer. The Lord is good and we serve him.